Somebody asked me the question the other day, how can I prevent ash on my food? Well, in today's episode, we're going to talk about that. You're listening to the Barbecue Culture Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Frank Cox, SmokerBuilder.com, Smoker Builder Manufacturing. Hey, uh, welcome to the Barbecue Culture Podcast, and uh, on today's episode, we're going to get into some talk about ash. You know, uh, once in a while we run into this where, you know, we've been cooking for a while and, and uh, on whatever, it's it might be the only pit you got, or you might be using somebody else's or something like that. And uh, when you're cooking, you notice that on the on one end of the pit, like if it's a reverse flow, on the baffle plate uh, gap end of the cooker, or maybe on the top rack, you'll start to see some ash buildup on top of the food. It doesn't hurt anything. We don't like it. We it messes with our appearance, and uh, you know people don't want to see that. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about like what can cause that. You know, when, when you're looking at your firebox design, that's where we're going to start first. When you're burning wood, the the goal is is that we're going to start off with some charcoal. This is the best way to start your pit. Start off with a little bit of lit charcoal on the log rack, and hopefully you have a log rack. And then you're going to add wood to that. And uh, as we continue to cook on an offset reverse flow smoker, either one, um, some kind of a, of a stick burner pit, we're going to add more wood to that fire, even if it's like a small Oklahoma Joe's kind of a, you know, store-bought pit. You know, we're going to, we, got, we like to start off with charcoal and add wood. And what happens is, is as the wood combusts, it carbonizes and turns into charcoal and renders down. This is what causes the next round of, of heat source because the charcoal is our main heat source. You know, the wood is just doing two other jobs. It's making flavor for our, our food we're cooking, and uh, it's turning into charcoal. And so we can keep the coal bed and keep our heat source and keep keep the pit warm. So what's what happens in this case, if for some reason you either don't have a log rack in your firebox, your log rack is too far, too close to the bottom, or like the, the combustion air comes in above or equal to the log rack. For some reason, you're not getting complete combustion. So what happens is, is you wind up with a lot more wood usage. So they say, man, you just got to, it just takes so much wood to keep this pit running. I can't, you know, my temps are unstable. That's, that's usually a symptom of, of, of your, your log rack is, is there's an issue with that lack thereof (laughs) or something. And so what we do is we like to have like at least four to six inches. If it's a smaller pit four, the larger the pit, the more room you want under the log rack. I typically put mine about 20 to 30% up off the bottom of the, the firebox. What's going to happen there is we're going to have plenty of room for that ash to have somewhere to go below the log rack. As the charcoal, as the wood renders and the charcoal burns up and turns into that white flaky ash, it's going to naturally want to fall to the bottom. And uh, it'll build up down there, but if your air comes in above that, then you won't have the, the combustion air coming in there, you know, carrying ash with it as it goes through the, the firebox. So the things to keep in mind is, is first of all, you got to have a log rack. 
we need to pay attention to the air path that the the combustion air comes into the firebox. The next thing we're going to touch on here a little bit is draft control, like a draft controller. You know, I I totally disagree with having a uh, draft controller of any kind on a on a offset or a stick burner or anything like that. Um, while a lot of people do it and they have their their level of success with it, um, and they might be happy, that's okay. But it's really not necessary. Um, you can you can easily control temperature on on a pit when it's designed properly. Anyway, when you when you start looking at draft controllers, what'll happen is is you've got to have you, about 130 CFM of air per pound of wood to uh, to keep that wood combusting. Um, that's what the pellet grills run, and pellet grills especially when you look at the if when you look at a pellet grill, there is ash all over the place in that thing. I mean, it blows ash all over the bottom of that cooker, all over the bottom of your baffle if you have one, and a lot of times it'll carry on through the cook chamber and gather on the food. What causes this is that 130 CFM of air that that per pound that that pellet cooker's running. It's got a very, very small window that that air comes into, into that burn pot. And they have to have a lot of air because that wood's compressed into those pellets. And it has, to, and whenever it blows, it's blowing a lot of velocity in, uh, in a very small chamber. And that's what's carrying that wood out. A draft controller on a firebox does the same thing. But your draft, your, your draft fan typically is going to be a lot bigger on an offset. So, for instance, if you've got a 60-inch long cook chamber and say it's 24 diameter or so, that's that's a pretty good volume to heat, and you're going to have to you're going to probably have about two good splits in the in the firebox when you're running that pit, two possibly three depending on your design, and uh, you know figure the weight of a split, you know that's about oh say 16 inches long or 14 inches long and about you know four inches square in 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 size, you know, you got a couple pounds, you know, two to three pounds of wood there. Um, you know, the more wood you have in that firebox, the more air it's going to take to combust. And this is why that natural draft air, if it's put in the wrong place, can carry ash with it. So we tell you to stay away from draft controllers simply because of the concentrated blast of air that's going to come into that pit when the fan cycles on and off and that it's all coming in in one place from that fan because it can just stir the ash up and then the air that then once that ash is airborne it can carry it with it so we're going to talk a little bit about design um when you're designing your smoker if you're building it yourself or if you bought one that was built for you and you have doubts whether or not the pit was built right um the first thing that i'm going to recommend that you do is is learn a little bit about our our pit calculator if you go to bbqpitcalculator.com, um, there's a couple other pit calcs, but ours is ours has some special considerations in it. And uh, what happens is when when you look at the design of your pit, we start with the cook chamber volume. You know, volume if you remember is like length times width times height, or if it's a cylinder, it's going to be pi r squared times the length. When we when we look at the volume of the cook chamber. It has to have like, it has to have the right size firebox. It has to have the right size smokestack. The the correct amount of air coming in there, like there's a that's what we call a tune 
like you tune a guitar, we tune a pit. And uh, so when you when you're looking at getting your pit to the right tune, in air quotes, the pit calculator is going to help you do this best because it's pretty much automated. Now, what we're going to tell you to do is keep about a 30% or slightly more than 30% uh, firebox size compared to the cook chamber. So when we say that, we're saying like if you've got a 100 uh, cubic inches of, of cook chamber, you're going to need 30 cubic inches of firebox. You're not going to have a pit that small, but that's just round numbers to work with. So what that's going to help you do is you're, the way that you're heating the pit is you're actually heating the air mass that's running through the pit. So the air that comes into the firebox is not only providing oxygen to the fire, but you're also going to have you know the, the, com- the combusted gases mixed in with what air makes it through the log rack and, and doesn't actually combust, but this whole volume is still there. Its properties have changed, but it's still there. And that air is going to carry the smoke and the flavor from the from the wood burning and uh, the heat that it just gained from the fire itself through the cook chamber. Now, it might be a reverse flow where it's going to go under the baffle plate and back up into the cook chamber first. But what we're trying to do is control not only how much air goes in the firebox to control the rate of, of burn of our fire, but we're also trying to control uh, the the flow, the movement of that air mass through the cook chamber. And when the pit is designed properly, you're going to wind up with the correct volume of air for the size pit, and you're going to wind up with the correct velocity of that air mass, the volume of air that's going through it. Therefore, when it's designed correctly and your, and your, your ratios are correct between all the different chambers in the pit, then you will have less likelihood that you'll have uh, ash and things being carried through the pit. So if you have trouble with that, um, get on our forums or on our Facebook forums group. Just type in Smoker Builder Forum. And if you're on Facebook, search that. You'll find our group. Join it. Ask questions. Post pictures of yours. Or you can also do that on uh, the proper smokerbuilder.com slash forums uh, message board. Not all people have Facebook, believe it or not. <laughs> so anyway, when, you, when you're going through the design process, if you've got questions of that, or if you're just checking in on your design, post it in one of those two places and we'll help you out. The other thing is here is we're going to talk about your log rack. When, when you design your pit, look at the firebox situation. Look at how your air is coming in the firebox. And if you've got a 24-inch, let's say you've got a 24-inch cube-shaped uh, firebox, it's square, 24 by 24 by 24. And let's say that uh, your air inlets are rectangle, and they're coming in, you know, at the very bottom of the of the firebox, probably an inch or two up from the bottom. And uh, you've got a log rack in that firebox to hold your uh, to hold your your charcoal and your wood on. Um, for the log rack construction, we're going to tell you to use like angle iron or strap or even round bar, whatever you feel comfortable with. Uh, square tube doesn't matter to us. Use something rigid. And all you really need to do is build a tray with like some short sides on it is fine. And when you build that tray, 
you're going to line this thing. You know, keep your keep your structural members, you know, about four inches or so apart. That's pretty good. And uh, then you're going to you're going to line this log rack with uh, expanded metal. Um, that's our preferred uh, material, and we like to use what's called three quarter number nine expanded metal. And we're going to use the flat kind. Um, the flat kind's a bit cheaper than what's called raised expanded and it's easier to work with. Um, so you're going to line this this log rack with this expanded metal. Now there's other materials like gravel screen and all kinds of stuff you can get a hold of. The big concern here is we don't we want to have big enough uh, holes in the material to let enough air flow into the cook chamber or into the fire and into the cook chamber. Um, but we also don't want those holes to be small enough that the ash doesn't fall through or too big. That way the coal bed literally falls through prematurely. So three quarter number nine expanded is like the best, uh, size. You know, when you put that log rack inside your firebox, we're going to make sure that it's at least four inches up off the bottom on a firebox that size, a little bit higher is even better. Like I think on Mac, I keep my fire my log rack up about five, six, at least six inches off the bottom, you know. And uh, my air inlets are pinwheel dampers, and they come in through the door. That way, there's a straight shot where it comes in from the door and goes under the log rack and goes straight up and into the throat of the of the cook chamber. And uh, you get a really, really efficient, uh, you know, airflow pattern that way. So then as far as damper locations, um, you know, if you go on the sides of the firebox and do squares, that's fine. Rectangles, that's fine. I've, we've got a lot of our plans show it that way. Truth be known, you'll probably never have both air inlets open all the way when you're running a stick burner. You're probably going to have like one of them open about 25%. And the main reason we put them on both sides of the firebox is if you get in a situation to where the wind changes or something like that, and it's messing with your, it's messing with your uh, temp control, then you can just close one and open the other. Usually, typically, I've I don't ever have both of them open, um, except maybe at startup. But then uh, you can put you know pinwheel style round dampers on the sides too. But like I said in a little bit ago. You know, I like to have mine on the firebox end of the pit, on the firebox door end of the pit. I like to have, especially with the pinwheel dampers, I want to see that air pattern come in under the log rack and have a have a, have a straight flow through into the throat. I don't want to have, like, the risk of, you know, air moving around the sides of the log rack or uh, possibly moving in an inefficient pattern in there, having to change directions and such. So, anyway... So when it comes to fuel, um, this is the final part of, uh, of trying to solve this issue. Um, when you're looking at your wood slash charcoal source, you want to make sure and use a good quality, you know, wood. So what we like to do is if you cut a tree down and it's green, the, the tree's got leaves on it when you cut it down, let's say hickory, oak, whatever. You know, when you cut that wood da- a tree down, you're going to split that wood and you want to ha- you don't want to put whole logs on there because they just don't they just don't start right you know so when you split wood it gives it an opportunity to to start to air dry like not kiln dry but air dry 
and you're going to stack that wood in a dry place, like in your yard barn or your shed or even in the garage. Um, I like to keep some in my garage handy. And when you stack that wood, you're going to want to keep air gaps in between it. So when you when you stack it, you might do like a crisscross pattern every other row, something like that, and let some air move between the, the splits. And then when you do that, you know, just let it sit for about two months is about, you know, the, about perfect, honestly, two to four months. And, and what's going to happen is, is the moisture content in the wood is going to start to kind of dry out. And when you put that wood on the fire, you're going to get, that's the, that's the premium smoke, you know, that you're going to get off of that wood. It's, it's going to burn really clean. You're going to have this, this real pleasant flavor and odor from it. That's, that's about the best. When you get into using, you know, trees that are dead, because we don't really necessarily want to just cut down green trees. You know, we want to try to use up some of the wood that, um, like when a tree died in the, in the woods or the yard near us. When you cut that tree down, you're looking for a couple of things. How long has it been dead? Because if, if it's been dead for any number of time, then you're going to start seeing spongy kind of wood, you know, in, in the, whether it's in the dead center of the, of the, the log or if it's around the outside edge. I've seen it about an inch thick around some of that wood. And, uh, you know, that, that spongy wood is where it's starting to rot and it just sucks so much moisture into it it takes forever to dry out and it just does not burn good and this will cause a ton of ash in your firebox so the best thing you can do in that situation if you're just stuck and you got to use it is try to get that spongy material off of your wood after you split it Um, you might have to split it two or three times to get rid of it or use a saw or something if you got a table saw handy that's safe to cut on you know I don't, I don't necessarily recommend that but i've seen people do it just kind of try to cut that part off of your wood if you do that with this uh you know rotten wood and stuff like that you could wind up burning a lot more wood to get to to keep a good heat in your cook chamber you know keep a good temperature the more wood you burn to keep temperature the more ash you're going to have and this can be caused by you know, like we said earlier, inefficient design with your log rack air inlet. You know, if the if the wood's just if you got to burn ten times the amount of wood in order to keep temp in your cook chamber than you would had you have put a log rack in there and designed the pit properly, you know that that'll lead to a lot more ash as well. So, and if you get in a situation where you can't keep a coal bed, when you start your coal bed and you put splits on there. And every 45 minutes you go out and your coal bed's out, that that means that you've definitely got an airflow issue of some kind. You need to really pay attention to how your how your air is coming in the pit and how easy is it for the air to make it to where the charcoal bed is in your pit. If you have to, you can block off portions of your firebox at the same height of the of the log rack with just some flat horizontal plates. That, that literally act like a damper to make the air go towards the coal bed. In Luan, we've got the whole surface area basically blocked off of the, the, the height of the log rack. Like it's basically just one big flat plate with a hole cut in the middle of it. And that hole in the middle of Luan, that firebox is four foot square, four foot by four foot by four foot. And in the middle of that uh, plate, we've got a hole in there that's about 16 by about 20. And that's really all you need 
for for wood. We can we can run Luann on four splits, and she's a thousand gallon uh, offset. So when you when you've got such an efficient burn that you're using just like the right amount of wood, then you're going to be tuned in, and this ash problem will not happen anymore. Hey, so uh, thanks for listening, and uh, I appreciate all your support and everything you guys are are doing to spread the gospel of the barbecue culture. You know, I'd, I'd like to invite you, if you haven't already, if you'd go to ask.thebbqculture.net and uh, just fill out that simple little question there. Let us know what kind of what issues you're having with your pit, if you've got any concerns or anything, uh, what you're struggling with, and we'd be glad to cover those things on the show here. Anyway, as always, uh, light a fire, convert somebody to the barbecue culture. See ya.